Podcast Network Asia. Growing up, um, I remember in grade four, I don't know why this stuck with me, but there's supposed to be the rapture, right? Oh, was, yes, there yeah. was a book and everything left behind. Yes, yes, yes. 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 So it's, it's always been scary to me. But I think the deeper um, I go into my faith, the deeper my relationship has been with him, it's become less scary. I'm not excited, you know. (laughs) (laughs) What does an idol represent, right? You're not literally worshiping stone, right? The idol represents something. So really what you're doing is you're worshiping something through that idol. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 11, 13 to 15. It says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Why? He doesn't look like the devil that we think of, right? He masquerades as an angel of light because he wants people to believe he is God. I feel... 0.5 0.5 saved already. <laughs> I now know what to do. Welcome, everyone. Doritos. It is episode number 156. We are still with our friend Tin. Tin, of Woo-hoo! course, you've heard on Magic. She's on in the mornings, in the evenings. Good times with Mo. Boys Night It Out. She has her own podcast. It's called The Week Sauce with Ricky. And she also hosts an NBA show. It's called NBA on Fire. Please check out the NBA YouTube channel. I'm Samo. Tina Ryan is here. Instructor Aaron Russo of Shinjiji Church of Jesus. Okay, Tin. Um, you know, this is the part on this recording where we get to talk about the parables, right? You know what? I, I mean, because I usually start off with like, what are your thoughts on second coming or like in your head what is happening but before we even get to that like parable i think the word parable sometimes i mean i think a lot of people just think it refers to those stories in the bible right but we're talking figurative language mm-hmm. in the bible i mean i just thought we should make that clear right instructor Aaron, do you find that to be a, a confusion sometimes yeah because there's there's parables used in the bible that are not they're not difficult, right? They're pretty simple. So you got to break up the Bible into like the four kind of main concepts or parts that we talked about. Um, I, I mentioned this, I think on the first show and I didn't, I didn't quite finish it because there was one at the end that I didn't throw out there, but there's history, there's teaching or like moral instruction, and then there's prophecy. And then when prophecy is fulfilled, so there's fulfillment, that's the one that I didn't quite finish on. But history is not difficult, right? I mean, that's really simple. You know, Adam existed, Noah existed, you know, Abraham, Mm -hmm. Moses, these places existed. You had places like Babylon, Jerusalem, you know, Jericho. These are actually just history, right? It's just history. Even the time of the first coming, that's history to us now, right? Then you have like moral teachings and moral teachings are how you should live your life as a believer, So in the Old Testament, there was specific teachings that you needed to do in order to be a believer in God at that time, right? And so we talk about the law, right, of of like the Ten Commandments, but also all the Levitical laws, lots of them, right? Lots of those laws. And also teaching just to be a good person, right? That's why Jesus says, you know, what sums up the, the law is love, right? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. I mean, that's, you know, and love the Lord your God with all your heart. These two things, they sum up the law, right? And then, so in the time of the first coming, those moral teachings, that's what Jesus was giving, like on the Sermon on the Mount, when he's talking about how, what kind of person you should be, hungry and thirsty, don't persecute, right? Um, Have forgiveness for others. Uh, Don't even like look 
you know, badly at a woman in your heart or have anger or hate in your heart, these types of things. That's just moral teaching. And inside of there, one of the parables that he uses that I always use as an example for this, because it's very simple. Why are you so concerned about the speck of dust in your brother's eye when you got a plank of wood in your own eye, right? First, take the plank of wood out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck of dust out of your brother's eye. Now, that's not hard. That's a parable, right? It's an allegory. It's, it's alliteration, that type of thing. But it's not a difficult one to understand. And the reason is because he's not trying to hide anything, right? He's not trying to hide anything. But prophecy, right? When we talk about prophecy, right, the third part, prophecy is God's future plan. But who doesn't want God to fulfill that plan? Satan. Satan. Yeah, the enemy. So if you're at war and your, your you know, enemy knows your future plan, they're going to sabotage it, right? They're going to try doomed. to do whatever they can. Yeah. So you have to hide it. And how do you normally hide it? Code words, right? You use secret language. Morse code. Morse codes. <laughs> during, the, during World War II, you know, the Germans had the, the code machine that was like basically unbreakable. That's where like Turing and he makes the computer to like, I mean, that's where computers basically came from, right? All that whole thing. So that's how you overcome your enemies by hiding your secrets. Now you want your people to know, but you don't want the enemy to know. So how does God do that? He uses parables and figurative language. So when we're talking about the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, we're talking about God's future plan. Of course, he wants us to know what he's going to do, but he can't let us know everything until what's called the appointed time. So um, Tim, what we're talking about, when we talk about these parables, most of it is about the prophecies because we're trying to understand revelation and revelation is like the ultimate goal or plan of God. And if Satan knows exactly what God's going to do, then of course he's going to throw every monkey wrench he can and just do whatever he can to deceive as many people as possible so that it'd be really hard to find the one truth. But if you have no idea what God's going to do, like zero idea, and then when he finally does it, it's so different than anything that anyone has ever thought, then it becomes like so unique, right? That when the truth actually comes, it can be discerned really easily. And so that's what we're talking about as we go through these parables. Yeah. So a lot of people, they know about parables in the Bible, but what they think was that Jesus spoke them to make things easier for people, right? The common folk, the fishermen, the farmers, things like that. But actually, when you look at Matthew 13, and I know you guys have talked about this so many times, so mm. sorry, listeners, if you're bored, but um, <laughs> Matthew 13, 10 and 11, he actually says, you know, the, the disciples ask him, why are you speaking to the crowds in parables? And he says, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Right, the knowledge of the secrets that has been given to you, but not to them. But not to them. So there's a division there. So how do you, how can you say he's trying to make it easier for people, but at the same time keeping people from understanding it? It's not logical, right? So, so again, only when we're talking about prophecy, and then when prophecy is fulfilled, right? When prophecy is fulfilled, it becomes a testimony. You testify about what God has fulfilled, and then it becomes history and teachings. Yeah. 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 So just a little, you know, in case you're confused about, I'm talking to the listeners at this point, it's like, cause we put the title on our episodes, the parable of this and the parable of that. And, you know, we're not talking about those short stories. We're talking about figurative words that are in the Bible and they're supposed to mean something that is obviously not the literal thing that is mm -hmm. written there. And today our parable is idol, which is maybe what you refer to Tin. 
when she's talking basketball. Because, okay, before we get to the, the idol parable, like, Tim, seriously, how did you get into sports? Oh. Like, how does a girl get so into basketball and, like, does a show about it? And I know there are other people who do this, obviously. Okay. I don't know many. First of all, I admire women who drink beer and no sport. And I think... <laughs> okay, one out of two. Like I got one like, out of two. Okay. One out of two. Tin beer, is yes, I love beer. So I'm like, okay, Tin is like the, the real idol here. <laughs> it's like, seriously, I don't, you know, when I watched basketball instructor Aaron and the referee goes like this, like traveling, like, what? what What just happened? And to think, 24 second shot clock violation. What's happening there? Wow. Yeah. wow. yeah. So I'm the t- completely at loss when I'm watching sports. Yeah. So I'm like, I, to be seated um next to tin probably at a game i'd be like girl she's oh, i'll explain everything to you i promise there I you go promise. see yeah in a in a girly fashion please and and, and not in parables i'll, I'll just, just give it <laughs> just to you straight it, just tell it straight <laughs> but were you always into sports i really learned it from my grandma because she what? migrated so yeah blood? so <laughs> weird wow. my grandma she migrated to the states she moved to Chicago and oh. she tried to brainwash me and my brother by sending us as much Bulls merch as right. she possibly could. <gasps> so like we had sheets that were Chicago Bulls oh, and wow. like she would send us all the Michael Jordan DVDs. Oh, no, oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. VHS, panon. VHS, <laughs> right? At that time. Yes, yeah, yes, VHS <laughs> tapes. We had all of those. My brother was successfully brainwashed. He is a huge Michael Jordan fan. I was more of like the the hipster kind of girl. So it was the Bulls versus the Suns back then. I was still a kid. Mm. And I was, you know what? My brother likes Jordan. I hate Jordan. <laughs> I will root for the Phoenix Suns. It, right? yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go for Barkley. <laughs> so that's how it started. That's how it started. And since then, my, my uncle oh my also goodness. became a PBA governor for, for the Shell Turbo Chargers. So wow. he would always bring us to games. I had a picture when I was a kid. I was being carried by the giant hot dog mascot of Pure Foods, you know? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Stuff like that. And it was always my dream to work in sports. Always. Wow. And um, it's it's tough if you're not a conventionally attractive female to be hired as something at, at, in sports media. So to be where I am, it's a miracle. <laughs> no. It's, you're no, it's, it's hard. It's, it's but it's not, it's different. It's it, these are things that I've just learned to accept through the years, you know. You, you I, mean I like the Vava here. Boom, the Vava yes. Boom, like yes. the, yes. right? That is right, that right, is right. the one of the problems with society things. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm in my thirties. I've accepted it. You know, they just, you just have to work harder if you're a girl, and you have to work ten times harder if you're a non-conventionally attractive girl. So, oh, <laughs> but wow. I, I did achieve my dreams. Took a mm-hmm. while. Took a lot longer than other people, but I, I, I did, I did get here. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's amazing when I hear you talk sports. I'm just like, you know, jaw yeah. floor and that kind of thing. Uh, like, yeah. it is so cool. Uh-uh. Um, Come what? on, Sarah. Name me, name me a basketball player. <laughs> you know what? Basketball players. I've it even dated. Yeah. I've even dated a basketball player yeah. and I still don't know basketball. Like I had to fake my way through that relationship trying to be like, I love watching basketball. No, I really do. 
This is great. This is great. But it's if our hard. lives depended on okay. it, Susie, uh, I think that to Sam, your ex was speaking in parables. <laughs> not going to make the final cut of the episode you know whatever. <laughs> all right okay um yeah just want to put that in there because idol yes tin is our idol when it comes to this stuff Gosh. but there is a parable in the bible of the idol and it's in the book of revelation we do see idols like throughout the bible since the old testament times instructor aaron right yeah oh, yeah. But yeah i think the book in Re- in the book of revelation it's about food sacrifice to idols and how Apparently, you're not supposed to eat that. And so that, that's one thing, yeah. Yeah. And I did like a Google search that lasted fine, like all of two minutes, right? But it seemed to me like this understanding that is floating around is more of about like physical food that you're not supposed to eat, like maybe certain kinds of meat or just, I don't know. I don't know if the Christian faith stops us from eating a particular kind of food. You know, but that's the stuff that I saw. In any case, idol. Yes. What should we know about idol in the book of Revelation and how does it relate to us? Right. Okay. So first, I, I think, Tind, I think uh, you probably appreciate your your position now more than if it was just given to you, right? I mean, it, you said you worked a lot harder. And so that's pretty cool. I'm really, that's, I'm really proud of you for never giving up on that. That's really awesome. Mm. Oh, that, see, that's why she's so happy. That's good. So. <laughs> And then when we get into idols, like you said, yeah, it's all through the Bible, right? It's all through the Bible, including like the, the first, um, well, not the first, the second commandment is what it is. You know, first commandment is, you know, don't worship any other God besides the Lord or God. And the second is don't make any engraven images and this, that, and the other. So it's been something very physical for a long time, but this is always like the logic, right? It's the, um, the formula, if you will, to understand this, you look at the physical things and then you start to ask well, how is God using these physical things to help us to understand something spiritual, right? Spiritual. So the reason why we need to understand it, like you were saying, Sam, is that in Revelation, there's a couple places where an idol appears. One of them is, as you said, in Revelation 2, and it talks about the food sacrificed to idols and not to eat the food sacrificed to idols. But then there's also in Revelation 13, which is the image, right? Which is also an engraven image. It's the same kind of thing. And the image is given breath to speak and things like this. And then you end up worshiping Satan through the image, right? They worship the beast through the image, that kind of thing. Now, if this is just a literal statue, then that's not hard for Christians to avoid, right? That's just, that there's no mystery there, right? If you carve something out of gold or stone, that's easy, okay? So what does it mean spiritually, right? What does the idol actually represent? And to really get into it, you got to go through like the logic of what an idol actually is and like, pardon me, how it's created. So an idol itself, it's something that is, as you look into the scriptures, it's referred to as being created by man, something that's carved by man. Okay. So whether it's gold or whether it's silver or stone or wood. So there's these actual physical things that they would create. And one of the famous stories is in Exodus 32, the golden calf. Mm. right so is you have that the, the first idol that appears in the bible uh i don't think it's the first idol that appeared because they worshiped idols in egypt and things like that so they Ooh. they would do that and god kind of left it alone to be quite honest he said you know while you're there you know you're just i'm just gonna let you do basically what you have to because you're slaves so there's not really much you can do 
But then when they come out, he's like, now you have to no longer worship all those idols that you did. That's why they so quickly went back to the golden calf because they were already so used to worshiping. Yeah. But then this is the thing. What does an idol represent, right? You're not literally worshiping stone, right? The idol represents something. So really what you're doing is you're worshiping something through that idol, right? And why is God so upset about it? Because, well, God is God. He's the one true God. And there's a false God, which is the devil. It doesn't matter. There could be a, a billion ways of describing him, but there's only one true God. Anything other than that is a false God, right? So if it's something that's created by God, then that's good. If it's something that's created by man that represents something other than God, that's not good, right? Because you're worshiping a false God through this whatever it is, whatever you create, doesn't matter. And the story of the, the one about, you know, Aaron and the golden calf, it's really, you know, it's crazy how that whole thing happens. And the fact that he, he does it, he makes it, he fastens it. And then when Moses comes down, he's like, what did you do? He's like, I, don't, I didn't do it. I just threw the gold in the fire and pff, this thing came out. It's like, what, what are you talking? They can't even <laughs> take responsibility said. for what oh they've done. I don't know the story, you guys, sorry. <laughs> Read it sometime, wow. you'll, you'll trip out. And you feel bad for Moses because God's up there and he's telling him, you know, here's the 10 commandments, by the way, go down, deal with your people because they've already betrayed. Like they're oh already out goodness. there doing their thing. You know, you need to go down there and take care of them. So he comes down and he's upset. He smashes the tablets. He grinds them up, makes them eat it. You know, it's and along with the cap. It's really intense because at that moment, what is God doing? He's trying to create a kingdom for himself, a priest. And if they have any flaws within them any false teachings within them then that's going to carry over to the people and they're no longer going to be worshiping god they're going to be worshiping satan regardless of their intentions if you are not worshiping according to the truth then you're not worshiping truth if you're worshiping anything less than truth you're worshiping something other than truth that's just black is as black and white as it can get in the bible either it's the truth or it's not it's the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil right it's really that simple so now when you think about an idol spiritually, okay, what does an idol represent spiritually? Because this is really what we need to understand. Because like I said, if it's a literal physical idol, okay, great. Nobody worship it, right? But Paul says something really interesting in the Bible too. He says, you know, even a food that's sacrificed to an idol is nothing. It really means nothing. If you don't believe in that idol, if you have no intention of worshiping through that idol, then food is food. It doesn't matter. But if you think it's been you know, if you think it's bad to do it, then don't do it because then in your heart, it's bad. But really the, he says, you know, everything is, everything's accessible, but not everything's beneficial basically is what he says. And, you know, eating this meat, he's like, anybody that sets something in front of you, just eat it. Don't have any qualms about it. Unless you yourself have a problem with it, then don't do it. Right. Cause he's talking about different people's level of faith. He says, some people's faith is great. They can eat anything, but other people, their faith not so much. So they struggle. Don't look down on the person that can't eat everything and they shouldn't judge you because you do every, eat everything, right? So basically it's just about your level of faith. If you believe that it's bad to do it, then don't do it. So there is no, the question that you asked, is there any foods that Christians are not supposed to eat? No, really. I mean, I would tell you, don't eat, you know, a bunch of garbage food to live a healthy life, but you know what I mean? Try to eat, I, I eat. A, you know, a lot of good and bad food, you know, I enjoy donuts and, you know, sodas from time to time. But as far as like, don't eat, you know, uh, pigs or don't eat, you know, shellfish or things like that from the Old Testament, all those have spiritual meanings too. So I don't want to really? go. Really? 
I don't want to go off a tangent too much right now, but yeah, they all have a reason that God was putting it there. And it wasn't simply because they were disgusting animals or this, that, and the other. They pigs are actually rather intelligent, even though they are, they can be gross. Um, they have more calories. <laughs> so the point is this, okay, back to the idol. So food in the Bible is something spiritual as well. Now, the food that we really want to come to understand is the spiritual food, physical food, that's for your physical body. But what does Jesus say in Matthew 4? He says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. In Jeremiah 15, verse 16, Jeremiah says, when your word came, I ate them. Right? When your word came, I ate them. And then you have verses like Isaiah 55 that says, come buy wine and milk and bread without cost. Hear me that your soul may live. Listen to me that your soul may live and your soul will delight in the riches of fare. So he's talking about, you know, Rich like, food. yeah, spiritually eating is by, you know, hearing the word. And I'm not talking about physically hearing because you can read it, right? If you don't, if you can't hear, you can read it, you can braille. It doesn't matter. I'm talking about understanding, right? Understanding the word. That's feasting on, you know, the spiritual food. So first keep that and put that aside for a second. Now you have an idol. There's a scripture in like Psalms where it talks about the idols of man. They're carved by man. They're images that are made by the hands of man. They have eyes, but cannot see, right? They have mouths, but cannot speak. They have ears, but cannot hear. And then in Isaiah 41, it's like, it says, I love this one too. This one's so great. It says, set forth your arguments, right? Bring forth your arguments. Let's have a good discussion, right? Let's talk about this. Bring out all your idols and have them do something, anything. Tell me about the past. Tell me about the future. Tell me something, but your idols are worthless. And the ones that put their faith in them are worthless. Both will be thrown, you know, thrown away. So the one that makes the idol and the one that worships the idol, both are, you know, they're, it's bad. But again, what does an idol represent? It represents a God. So you're worshiping a God through the idol, but really the idol itself doesn't teach anything, right? Because it's just stone. So there's a scripture in, um, in Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter two, verse 18 and 19. It says, um, you know, of what value is a carved image or, or something that teaches lies, right? That teaches lies. It says, though, you know, woe to those who say to lifeless wood or, or to, to wood, wake up, you know, or lifeless stone, you know, to, so think about that. An idol that teaches lies. Well, what do we know in the Bible that teaches lies? It's not Satan. the stone itself. What's that? Satan. Yeah. No, please jump in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Satan. Yeah, of course, right? But how does he? How does he teach? Because Satan's a spirit, right? So how Thank does? You, Paul. Amen. Right. He uses the spirits. Use the flesh. So imagine at the time of the first coming. Okay, at the time of the first coming, you had Jesus, who was teaching the truth right and in one of the last episodes we did that he's a rock mm -hmm. right he's called the rock but what's what's important is that he's referred to as a rock that is not cut out by human hands right he's the stone that that was that the builders rejected but it was the one chosen by god so it's a stone that was created by god not by man what does that mean it means the teachings that jesus had they're not the teachings of man they're the teachings of god but man makes their own teachings. That's what false teachings are, right? It's not from God. So it comes from somewhere, whether the heart of a man, the mind of a man, or from Satan, 
putting that inspiration into the hearts of people. So when you think about what actually teaches lies, it's people. So in the Bible, a spiritual idol is a person, a physical person that is teaching false teachings. So if you worship that, whatever they're teaching, you're worshiping a God through a, a person that's teaching, right? When you go to a, any, and I'm not just talking about other religions either. I'm talking about even within Christianity, within the world of Christianity, there are people that are preaching the truth and also not. So if you are listening to somebody who is not preaching the truth, what are they doing? They're giving you spiritual food, right? And if they are food. teaching lies, yeah, exactly. If they are teaching lies and you are eating that food, you are eating food that has been quote unquote sacrificed to an idol, right? Mm. And then the image, the image in Revelation 13, it's made in the image of the beast. Well, the beast itself is not a literal beast, right? We've talked about this. It represents, you know, people that are ignorant of God's word. So pastors that are not preaching the truth, they're ignorant of God's word. Well, to fully understand it, you really have to understand the, the fulfillment of what took place. But instead of going into all the details, I'll just say there was these people that came in, right? And they took over this tabernacle. They completely took it over. And they're like, we're teaching our teachings in here from now on. The teachings that you were learning before, you are not allowed to learn those anymore, right? Because they had, they had this pure teaching that was being given. That's why it was so special. That's why it was called the lampstand. But then these others come in and they say, nope. You cannot teach that anymore. You must teach our doctrines. But they don't stay in that church because they have their own large churches to deal with. So instead, they put people in position. Those people that they put in positions, they are the images that are created in their image. And they give them the breath to talk, saying, you preach our doctrines and only our doctrines. And that's why the mark of the beast, all the people that swore, they received the mark of the beast saying, we accept your doctrines. We will follow your doctrines. And as doing so, by worshiping through them, you're worshiping Satan because you're worshiping false teachings. You're eating the false teachings. So that's why it's so important to know what that idol is in the time of Revelation. Because if you're just looking for a physical idol, you're, you're not going to see it. it. <laughs> or there's and too many out there. Like, which one is yeah. it? Exactly. And the thing is, is that, you know, you can also think about idols in the world. I know people like to talk about, it's not good to have, you know, to anything that's above God, right? Of course, you know, yeah, it's not good to worship anything in this world. And that's fine. I totally understand that. And I believe that God should be above everything. Sure. But specifically talking about the idol in Revelation, you know, 13. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. Or in two. So I feel the need to interject here a little bit because Tin, I mean, Please. what we've just talked about is a portion of Revelation. And Shinshinji's understanding is that the whole book of Revelation actually is a chain of events. They're actually like coherent events that happen. And with their fulfillment, we're supposed to know that, ah, these are the events that God prophesied are supposed to happen to signal the second coming. And so this thing that Instructor Aaron is talking about, these are events that happen in Korea, according to Shinshinji's understanding right? Which is like so wild to me still. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess this would be a good time for me to ask you, like, when you hear second coming, how does it go down in your head? What are you envisioning? You know, because, what you right, <laughs> you know, because prior to me having these conversations mm -hmm. on this podcast, I did not think that it was supposed to be certain events that are supposed to fulfill, you know? Mm -hmm. 
What about you? Um, parang, I, I don't know, I guess from religion class or maybe from my parents. <laughs> I, I, parang may ganun eh. May chain of events. I knew that. I knew of mm. those. I didn't okay. know what exactly. But I knew, like, you know how they say, oh, there's the earthquake. Oh, there's this war. Nako, malapit na bumalik si Lord. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was just my my, my idea. But um, when we had you on, uh, mm-hmm. when you, we had you on the week sauce, you did, you you talked about this, right? Mm. So us talking about it now is not so shocking to me anymore. Oh, okay, it was good. shocking to me when we were talking about it at first. <laughs> <laughs> but now I kind of, you know, I'm after that, after our talk, I... I talked to him like oh, what's happening guys <laughs> what's, what's going on I, I talked to, um, to my fiance about it as well because um, he is a very very godly man and uh, funny shock because what, what he told me was he's afraid of the second coming he would rather it come after he died yeah. because his um, how he sees it is Pretty much like what we talked about in the prior episode. So, kind of, but still slightly different. This is how he sees it. Um, Jesus will come down and then he will judge all of the living and say, are you okay, go up. You okay, go up. Uh, This group, you're not so ready yet. So, maybe uh, I'll I'll leave you somewhere until you're ready. Yeah, parang ganon. So, he was so afraid na he might that might be the group he'll be a part of so that was right. his that was his understanding of of the second coming and me naman it was i've always been scared of it as growing up um i remember in grade 4 i don't know why this stuck with me but there's supposed to be the rapture right oh was, yes there yeah. was a book and everything left behind yes yes yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's always been scary to me. But I think the deeper um I go into my faith, the deeper my relationship has been with him, it's become less scary. I'm not excited, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, second coming almost. More like okay, it's gonna happen. And when it does, I'm gonna try my best to be ready for it. So I stopped being so scared of it. Mm-hmm. And it's more like, let's just prepare. Let's right. just be ready. Okay. Now, you you say you want to be... Pre- do you, are you making any preparations by any chance for prepare? this? How, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh-oh. Okay. I have made strides actively to really become a better person. Um. In the previous episode, I was telling you guys that, you know, the, the changes that I made within myself during the pandemic and the changes that I've yeah. seen. Um, I think that's where I'm at right now. Like, I've, I've, I've seen the changes in myself. I've felt the changes in myself. I'm not completely yet. If it happens tomorrow, oh, no, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> but I think I'm, good. I'm getting there. Reading praying, actively trying to be a better person, those are the steps that I'm taking. And I don't know if mm-hmm. those are enough, you know, but I'm trying, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So instructor Aaron, I mean, you know, this feeling of being afraid, not wanting it to be in my lifetime, we hear this over and over again. And certainly that was also my feelings about the second coming. And you're right. I think you've said this in a past episode where it's the fear of the unknown, right? Mm. Because we don't know what exactly is supposed to happen. So I think one of the things, again, that has been dispelled through these conversations that I've been having on the podcast, it's not something to be scared of, but I do get nervous about when it does happen. Yes, because I think there will be a judgment, as we talked about, there will be a sort of division, you know, things like this. And so where am I going to be in that judgment division? That's the fear. It's not so much of it, I guess, happening, but where am I going to find myself when it does actually happen? Or maybe that means the same thing. I don't know. In my head, there was a distinction, but maybe not. But my question, I think, is because Shinshiji's stance is that this is already happening. Like, it's happening, guys, because we talk about how, ooh, I don't know if, it's, if I'm going to be ready when it happens. But you guys are saying it's happening right now. As we speak, it's going on. Right? Can I clarify that with you? Yeah. Yeah, good good question. It's, it's, um. The, the most scary parts, if you will, that have been you know prophesied in the Bible, a lot of the scary parts that people are, are waiting for, they, they have already taken place, but there is still you know things that need to be done. So when we talk about like the, the seals being opened, um, the trumpets blowing, you know, the hail and fire and you know all the sun, moon and stars going dark, all these crazy, crazy things, those things actually have taken place. Now, how can I say that, right? I mean, that, that sounds ridiculous because shouldn't that be something that the whole world should know about? Mm-hmm. But that's part, of the whole, that's part of the whole mystery. That's part of what God has been doing to hide that secret. It happened in such a way that all the events could take place in this one location. See, the, the important part about it is that we have to be able to identify it. Right? We have to be able to discern that which belongs to God and that which doesn't. That's the only way that you can really you know, be one with God is by knowing you know, what belongs to God. So in the revelation, there are three main entities that appear. There is the betrayers, there's the destroyer, and there's the group of salvation. Okay? Now, obviously, you want to be a part of the group of salvation, but how do you find them? Right? How do you know which ones they are when they're all claiming to have the truth, right? So there has to be something that is able to discern them. Well, in this one particular location, just like in the time of Jerusalem, okay, in the time of Jerusalem, there was those entities that appeared again. And as a result of Jesus fighting against them, then you were able to identify he's the one that God is using, right? So you could choose to be with him and leave the Pharisees, the scribes, or any other denomination, whatever it was, because there was other you know, there's a lot of sects that existed at that time, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the Essians, all, all of them, right? They all existed at that time and they were you know, teaching their own teachings, right? You had the, the Sanhedrin, you know, the, all this, the teachers of the law. And so how do you know which one God is using and which one was Satan using? And if you tried to like look at it with your own eyes, you'd, I mean, these people are the most righteous people you could ever imagine. They're wearing the robes. They've got the phylacteries on their forehead and on their, you know, they just, they look the part, right? They look the part. They're running these huge synagogues with thousands of people. And then someone comes along and says, actually, that's Satan's throne. Mm -hmm. That's who Satan's using right now. And everyone that's believing in them is actually receiving the seed of Satan and being born by Satan to become a child. And you're like, 
what are you talking about? This is the church that's existed for since Moses or back 2000, since Abraham or go back to Adam. This is the church that Moses created, right? This is the law. We're following the law that has been created for 1500 years. How dare you say that, you know, we are being used by Satan and who in, who in the world would believe that? So how does God prove that they are? Well, it's through their actions. So the only way that you can prove it is, is by this. If God's work's being done, right? And you can identify God's work being done. Then if you actively go against it, can you be with God? No. Can you say that the, that the spirit of God is working through you if you are actively trying to destroy God's work, right? It doesn't make any sense, right? So you have to first understand what is God's work at that time? That's why Jesus said in John 14, if you don't believe in me, at least believe in the work that I'm doing. Because then you'll see that I'm the one that God is using and those people are not. They're trying to go against me. That's why they're calling me Beelzebub. That's why they're saying, don't believe in him. If you, if you do believe in him, we're going to kick you out of the synagogue, all those things, right? So now carry that over into the time of Revelation. Today, what we're saying is that there's one person that God has chosen to use. Why one? Because if there was more, then what if one of them betrays or something happens? How do you identify which one is the one that you want to stay with? But if God chooses one and he remains the same and faithful the whole time, then you always know that's the one. Well, how do you find that one? How do you prove that that's the one when you have all these other people that have been you know, proclaiming just like yeah. Burns brought up in the one? Well, you have this guy that's proclaimed it. This guy's. Yeah, of course. That's what is Satan going to do? He's going to try to do whatever he can to mimic. Right. There's a scripture in second uh, Corinthians 11, 13 to 15. It says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Why? Right? He doesn't look like the devil that we think of, right? He masquerades as an angel of light because he wants people to believe he is God. And then it says that his, his um, disciples, basically, they, they masquerade as apostles of Christ. So where do apostles of Christ work? Do they work in the Buddhist churches or the Hindu churches? No, they, they work in the church of Christianity, right? The church of Christ. So he's saying that there's workers of Satan inside of God's church. So how do you identify them? Right. You look, do you look for horns and you know, tails and you know, things like that? <laughs> right. <laughs> but he says by their fruit, you will recognize them by their actions, by their words. Now, what does that mean? Because again, we're all trying to be good people. And most of them, the Pharisees and scribes, they weren't literally evil. They weren't like torturing people, but when the truth came, they tried to go against the truth. So when the truth is revealed, that's what will discern who is and who is not a person of God. So Jesus promised in Matthew 13 that there's a time when the seeds are planted, okay? There's a time when they grow, and then there's a time of harvest. And the harvest, it says, those that are the children of God, they will be harvested from the field. Those that remain will not. Now, what that really means is when the truth is being proclaimed and God is saying, this is where you have to go to learn the truth, the ones that go... They are the ones that are the children of God. The ones that say, no, we refuse. And actually, not only do we refuse, but we're going to destroy that place. That action in and of itself proves that they are not of God. That's why the Bible's so adamant about those that persecute are of Satan. Those that are persecuted are of God, right? But it's only at the appointed time that you can really understand that. Because when the truth is being spoken, the people that believe in it, they're going to see the truth. But the people that don't, of course, they don't want it spoken because what, what is it going to say? 
everyone else is a lie. Who wants to hear that? Right? I don't even like saying it because I feel like every time I'm saying it, I'm judging, you know, people in the world. And they're all like, why are you saying that about my church? Why are you saying that about my denomination? I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying is that the absolute truth is being spoken now. Don't you want to learn the absolute truth instead of like partial here and partial there? Wouldn't it be cool to know everything? Well, that's not possible. You only think it's not possible because it's never happened before. But actually it is now. You just haven't heard it yet, right? Let me give you the truth. And if you have a hungry and thirsty heart, then you're going to want the truth because God wants people to learn. So if you have a heart to want to learn the truth, he's trying to draw you towards the truth. But of course, Satan's going to be right there, obstructing in every way, whether it's persecution, hardships, things of the world, anything and everything. And so what is he going to do today to make it absolutely the most difficult way to believe in the truth? He's going to label it a cult, evil. He's going to say all kinds of lies and slander. You know, it's the exact same thing. If you look at Acts, you know, in Acts, it actually says that they drummed up people and they made them lie about the disciples that they were Stephen, right? Stephen himself, they made them lie and say, oh, we saw him blaspheming against God, you know, false testimony, but that's what Satan does. So the same thing is happening, you know, today. So these events of revelation, yes, most of them have taken place. Why? So that in one location, okay, and as well, wrap it up one location, there is the betrayer, the destroyer and the person that's being used by God to offer that, 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 you know, opportunity of salvation in one location, in one location. So in revelation chapter 12, you have the betrayer, the destroyer and the savior all in one location. You have the people that are being destroyed because they betrayed. You have the people that are destroying them that are being used by Satan. And you have the one who fights against them and overcomes. And the reason this goes right back to what we're talking about, the idol because in Revelation 15, it says those that have overcome, they're standing by the sea of glass. And what did they overcome? They overcame the image and the number of his name, right? They overcame the dragon, the image, and the number of his name. Well, if you don't know what the image is, right, can you fight an enemy that you don't know what it is, right, or how to overcome it? So by knowing what the image is, then you can overcome it. And what that means is all these false teachings of the world, we all have to learn the truth to be able to overcome them. I'm going to pick up my jaw now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, just... this happens a lot, you know, like instructor Aaron will say a bunch of things and then we just kind of have to sit back and yeah, marinate process. on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's amazing. So right now is the time when we are saying that people that are, in the field, which is the world of Christianity, right? We've all grown up in the field, all of us that learn the truth. We're openly proclaiming that now is the time to actually be fully created through the truth. And that's learning that seventh trumpet. That's hearing the sound of the seventh trumpet by learning the testimony. What is the testimony? It's the fulfillment of all the promises. And by learning it, you have a clear understanding of the Bible. You master the logic of the Bible. I know that sounds crazy, but you do. You master the logic of the Bible. And even more so, like if I, if you know, if you wanted me to say, Aaron, teach Revelation chapter one all the way through to 22, I could, I could do it. I could teach you every chapter without, I wouldn't even, I mean, there, there may be verses that I would probably forget and miss and things like that, but I could do it without really looking at the Bible because it's a story and it's all, it all makes sense. 
So I could do from Revelation 1, 2, 3 and explain it. Now, would you understand all of it right away? Probably not because it's a lot of information, but that's what I mean. I can, we can do it because, and I'm not just, I'm not trying to boast about myself in this way. Please don't misunderstand me. It's only because I've been taught the truth. And because I've been taught the truth, I can give that truth to others. And so there's one person that has revealed that truth. They've, they've seen the events, they've heard the events, they've witnessed the events, and they are testifying to it. And I just happen to be blessed enough to have found that truth and learned it. And once I heard it, I was like, this is it. This is the absolute truth of God. And I'm going to learn every single word that I can, because I want to be able to help others learn too. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, so this whole time that we, we've been talking and how you're just like picking all these verses and saying them, I'm thinking, okay, if I can do that, literally do that with all seven Harry Potter books, <laughs> then I can do it with the Bible. Why haven't I? Mm. This is what I've been thinking in the last two hours. <laughs> no, really. I, there are Harry Potter, I can give it to you. But why haven't I done that with the Bible? He's only been an instructor for 15 years. Right. I was going to say, there are scriptures that I still, like, I'll forget from time. Like, I knew, I knew, like, in the last episode, I knew that what you were reading was from Romans. But I didn't, I, I wasn't absolutely sure. So I didn't want to say where in Romans. But I just, it, like, I could feel that it, like, because I just remember reading it, like, over and over. And I love that verse. I think it's wow. absolutely gorgeous, you know. So there are, I'm still learning myself. And that's what I, I want to be very clear. Like, I am not the master at this yet. I'm, you know, I'm just somebody who was taught that has now been given this amazing opportunity by Sam and Tina to be able to speak here and to be able to, you know, give others. But I do study all the time, continu like continuously. What we refer to that as being sealed. I am continuously trying to seal myself with the word. I'm trying to fill myself up with what's called like the olive oil. It's the word of testimony, things like that. Um, so I, it's, it's a process. So I don't want anyone to feel like discouraged or anything like that. It's like a step-by-step -step process, but everything, everything lines up. Everything is so perfect. It's just, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, every time I hear a parable and an explanation and what they're supposed to mean in the big picture of Revelation, I don't know. I mean, it just becomes clearer and clearer to me how, because this is exactly what happened during the second, the, the first coming, right? Because I think basically what Shinji is saying is whatever happened at the first coming where somebody came who had the under understanding of all of these prophecies at the Old Testament, he was able to testify to all that because he was the fulfillment of it. Right. And he was shown the fulfillment of it by God. And I think as I hear all of these things, I just, I, I guess I, I'm kind of understanding that, oh, okay, the second coming is going to be take two of the first coming. The same thing is going to happen again, which then explains to me how Jesus said, you know, when the son of man comes, is he going to find faith, right? We've touched on this on a past episode. Jesus said that. Why did he say that? Yeah, right. When, yeah, because how many of us Christians in the world right now? Something like 2 billion, right? So all of these people professing a faith in Christ. But why did Jesus say, when I come back, will I find faith? Because there's going to be a testimony again. And it's hard. 
to believe in a testimony. I mean, not many people believed at the first coming either, right? right? It was disciples and like a hundred something odd people. But 2000 years later, this became the Christian church and there's a ton of us now. But at the time of second coming, if this is going to happen again, it's not going to be easy. But this is the completion of the restoration and salvation that is promised in the Bible. If we are to believe that this is the testimony. I mean, right. Yeah. I, rambling again, as I know, I like your ramblings. I like them. Um, it's because it makes me like, I think of like different things when you're talking, I'm like, yeah. And then, oh, this and then that. And because everything's connected, like you said, what's really sad. One of the hard parts for me, I, I, I'll put it this way. I don't have a choice in it. I mean, it's not my choice. Obviously it's God, right. That he's, course whatever god desires that's what's going to happen but jesus said that the second coming is going to be like the time of noah and the time of lot Mm. right if you look at like luke 17 26 to 30 you know and then you got to ask well how like why does he say that you you know coupling with that verse that you said in luke 18 8 will he find faith on this earth and wow you know and then you look at other ones it says that the road is narrow and and few find it narrow door like you found it narrow door that's why i love this i love the title you know and (laughs) bring all that together and then people unfortunately this is what's uh, it's like hard for me to say because i feel like i'm again judging or whatever but it's just this is just what it is um in the churches of the world today they make it very very simple and easy just to worship basically any way that you want and go to heaven but according to the bible it's not that simple it's very it's not an easy path to go to heaven it's a path filled with difficulties and persecutions and hardships it's a path that narrow it's a path that many stumble and what jesus says is that many people are going to you know find you know look for it but not few will find it he says knock search you know seek for it like continuously so if it's so easy in the time of the end that anyone can go to heaven just you know by simply just calling out the name you know jesus jesus but then he says not everyone who says to me you know matthew 7 21 is so powerful not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my father who's in heaven So it's more than just believing in Jesus. It's doing according to God's will. Well, revelation is God's will. It is literally his last effort of creating his kingdom. It's his will encompassed in the book of Revelation. So when that stuff happens, following it, acting upon it, believing in it. And that's why in the beginning, no one has proper faith because it's what's called revealed faith. It was sealed. Now it's revealed. But if I reveal it in a, in a room that nobody's there, nobody saw it. So what do I got to do? I got to bring it out of the room and I got to show everybody. Right. And that's what we're doing right now. Everyone here, here's the truth. Come and listen. But just like the time of Noah or just like the time of Lot, you think about how many people actually were saved. And that's the part that really it's, it's actually depressing. I get sad because I want everyone to, to be saved. I want everyone to believe in this. But how can God force people to believe, right? It's not the miracles that help people believe. Jesus did many of those, right? That didn't help. The disciples, they did all kinds of miracles, but that doesn't really help, right? And it only helps for a period of time. And then you forget that it even happened. The only thing that we can really believe in is the word of truth. So today, what God desires, he wants people to believe in the absolute truth. That's what he desires, And so that's what my hope and my prayer for everyone, because I don't want anyone to not get that opportunity. 
but I know that it's hard for people. So I, I pray for them. I beg, please, you know, please listen. And I believe that God's going to give many opportunities, but eventually there has to be a time when, you know, things come to an end. Yeah. And you're saying that we are already headed towards that time when all of this is going to come to an end. At some point, at some point it has to, it has to do so. And there's a, there's a process of when this happens, um, exactly when the door is shut, I don't know. You know, the great multitude is a really amazing blessing. I'm very thankful. Great multitude, lots and lots of people. Um, there's a thousand year period of being able to receive that salvation, but, but there's a period of time before that thousand years of this grace period, if you were, there's a time when a judgment takes place and we are right on the cusp of a judgment on the churches of the world. And it's not going to be a physical judgment of the world where like, you know, they're destroyed, but it's a spiritual judgment that is going to take place. That's Revelation chapter seven. The winds will begin to blow even more so. And then Revelation chapter 18, there is a literal judgment that comes from God, you know, on what's referred to as Babylon, Babylon being the place of demons. So these things have to happen because God is not a liar, right? God is not a liar. So these things have to take place. But if you are a person who has believed in the truth, then that's salvation. You are in that like ark, just like in the time of Noah, you're on the ark, right? You're on Mount Zion. So you are, you're saved, you know, even in the time of Moses, when the hail was coming down, he told the people, go to this specific place and you'll be saved. And the hail destroyed everything else except there, right? So if you heed the call, when that call comes and you go to the place that God says, this is, or that he says, this is where I'm going to, you know, give salvation. If you're there, then you don't, you have nothing to fear about that. So Satan could give us the wrong call. <laughs> That's why you have to discern. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, can't, he can't mimic the, the absolute truth of God's word, right? He can't, he can't fulfill God's promises. And because he doesn't know how they're going to be fulfilled before they're fulfilled, then he can't, you know, do it in that way. That's why you have all these commentaries about, you know, how revelation is being fulfilled because he, he doesn't know. So he says, well, it's going to be this can be that. And 99% of them are all physical when in reality, it's actually spiritual. And that's something yeah. that he could never, you know, never grasp. So it's a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. So I think, yeah, I guess that is what we are trying to do on the show is, you know, we, we have to at least listen to this stuff and the decision really at the end of the day is yours. Right. Um, I'm super enjoying these conversations on the parables. Like it has been so fascinating to me. Um, and Tin, having heard one of them. And by the way, if you guys are hearing this episode for the first time, this is one of a series that we have been doing and are still doing. On Spotify, we label them R to R. So highly recommend that you start from the beginning of that one. We have a playlist for this series on YouTube as well, so you can do that. But Tin, having come and heard just one of them, how do you feel? Uh, well, first of all, I am binge listening to all of those apps <laughs> in the next few days. Nice. <laughs> For sure. That's part of my to-do list. Um, but the, some of the things that I was thinking about earlier on when I was when I was listening to you was, have you guys talked about Pastor Kebuloy here? He's come uh, up. Of course, Mo was the one who brought him up. I mean, who else, right? <laughs> Talker. But I'm thinking, um, how about the, the people who were tricked? 
how can they can they still be saved? Because I'm I see some people who, you know, are, who are defending him online. And what I'm thinking is, you know, they don't know any better. But is that enough? Oh, because in, he didn't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they're, they're all, I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, everyone will have an opportunity to learn the truth, whether in this life or the next. Mm-hmm. Every single person will have an opportunity. And again, it's going to be up to them. Yeah. It really is. Unfortunately, what it says is in Matthew chapter 13, what happens first, it says that the, uh, the weeds, they're tied in bundles to be burned. They're tied in bundles. So what does it mean to be tied? Well, it means that you've been trapped, right? You're not allowed to leave the field. The people that are harvested, they're leaving the field and it's the angels that are leading them, right? It's the angels are the harvesters. So they're trying to get people out of there. Um, when you think about how they're trapped, again, going back to the first coming, right? The, the nice formula that we have here uh, in the time of the first coming, how were the people trapped at that time? It was through the leaders, the spiritual leaders that were refusing to let them. So in like Matthew 23, he says, you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourself do not enter and you do not let those who want to enter to enter. Right. So how are they trapped? They're trapped by their leaders, unfortunately. And so in Matthew 15, right? 15 verse 14, he says, leave them. They are blind guides, right? The blind leading the blind. And what happens? They both fall into the pit. So if you refuse to leave, then there's not a lot that God can do. You're following him, you know, to hell. And at that moment of judgment, just like the time of Noah, I am sure that the people, when the flood came, they believed. Mm-hmm. This is so real now. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But it was, it was too late. It was too late at that time. And so that's why we're being, sometimes I'm, I'm very like strong about that because I don't want anyone. The last thing I ever want, one of my biggest fears is that someone at the end says, why didn't you try harder to tell me? Right. You knew, you knew this was the truth, Aaron. Why didn't you like beat it into me? Right. Why didn't you drag me kicking and screaming? That's one of my biggest fears. So I will keep trying to teach somebody until they like literally tell me to just get away from me. Don't talk to me anymore. Right. I don't want to hear you anymore. Because I, I really don't want anyone not to have that opportunity. But I also have to do it at the right, in the right way. If I try to do it too much, then I'm going to scare them. And then, mm-hmm. then I beg God, if I messed up, if I ever taught wrong and caused somebody not to listen because of my own you know, you know, ignorance or stupidity, forgive them. Please give them another opportunity because that was my fault. right? So, and I do believe that God would, would do that because it'd be my fault. I do believe that, they, that everyone, like I said, has an opportunity. But I feel for those people that are deceived. I really do. And that's why the Bible is so strong about that deception. Be careful, right? Watch out that no one deceives you. That's what he says. So I get why people have a hard time even with what, you know, we're teaching. Of course. Because what if we're deceiving them? That's what they think. What if you are being deceived? Right. What if I'm deceived, Aaron? What if, Aaron, what if you're deceived? Trust me, I've thought about that. And I've, I've asked every question. And I've had doubts and fears more than once. So what do I do? I, I ask. And then they explained in detail, like all the answers over and over and over. And everything is so perfect and so pure that honestly, if this isn't the truth, this is my own, my own faith, my own, you know, testimony, if you will. 
if this is not the truth, then I really don't think anything is. That's how strongly I believe in this. If this is not the actual truth of how to understand the Bible and Revelation, nothing has even come close. So I don't ever anticipate anything being better because it's, it's perfect. It's like the most perfect, simplistic way of understanding the Bible. Yeah. And of course that comes from many years, right? Yeah. 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 And that is your personal testimony. Yes. And we adore you, Instructor Aaron. And we really (laughs) love having you. Oh, and we really love having you on the show. No, but I say that because as you say, like that can't be the reason why we believe in this stuff. I mean, it definitely helps. Yeah, no, shouldn't be about a person. Right. Because I also want to, extend that invitation to whoever is listening to this like don't you know don't listen to instructor Aaron because he's awesome and a bag of chips right but check this stuff out on the bible like at the end of the day that is the only thing that can 100% make us believe I think because so far in in all the parables that we've been talking about like I need to make sure that this stuff checks out Yes, it needs definitely. to make logical sense because I think God wrote the Bible to make logical sense. I don't think, I mean, I think definitely there were times in the past where I guess none of this was supposed to fit together the way right. maybe it does today. That was on purpose. But at the time when all of this fulfills and is completed, it's all supposed to make sense. And so yes. I, I just wanted to throw that in there. And as Chin said earlier, I'm going to ride with it. (laughs) (laughs) We can ride with this. We can ride with this so far. And we invite you to please ride with and check and verify for yourselves. Okay. At least go go to the end and then make up your mind. Because you really can't understand everything until you hear everything. Because like you just said, it all connects. And you're putting pieces together. So then when you see the big picture at the end, then you can step back. And my best advice is once you've learned the end and you've heard the end, then go back to the beginning with the understanding of the end, because then you'll hear the beginning, all the lessons and how they're all leading to that and all connected. But you don't know that from the beginning, right? Because you have no idea. And then you can really like ask every question. And I'm not saying jump in and with like hundred percent faith right then, but again, like if it does make sense, then eventually, yeah, you don't make it your own. That's what I say. You take it and you, you ask the question, who am I according to the Bible, right? Am I created according to the Bible? Who am I? Well, how do you know that if you don't even know, you know, what the Bible's saying? So, yeah. Okay. Tin, thank you again so much for joining us on this episode. Please check Tin out on all her fabulous shows she's on again on magic 89.9 in the morning in the evening she's on the week sauce that's her podcast with ricky nba on fire on the nba youtube channel and it was so enjoyable and fun having you on this episode and <laughs> true yeah 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 was she 10 million percent my, my my pleasure i feel oh. 0.5 saved already <laughs> <laughs> I now know what to do. I now have my next steps. Step number one, binge listen. Binge <laughs> listen, yes. 
Stop by staff and then, people. And then stop being afraid of the book of Revelation. <laughs> yeah. Start reading it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know what? If anyone who joins us on the show, if that is their one takeaway from the conversation, it's like, okay, I don't have to be scared of this book. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think I'll actually read it. And the second coming is not a scary thing. Like, I think that's enough for me. Yeah. So thank you guys for joining us on this conversation. Join us again next time. Instructor Aaron, Tina, thank you. All their shows, it's in the it's in the show description. So go check it out and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye guys. Thank you.